My belief right now is to live life like I have no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I I'm in the philosophy of like you got one life, you better mm-hmm. like enjoy it. But but I don't see it as an excuse to be yeah. stupid. I see it as a reminder to be kind to myself and to mm-hmm. others. Welcome to the Triple A podcast. A podcast where I have a conversation with anyone anywhere at any time. Today uh, I am with Christian Rikstad. Uh We are in Lisbon and it's 6 p.m. Um, good evening, Christian. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Perfect. Can you please uh, introduce yourself uh, for the people that don't know you, please? Okay. Well, I'm I'm Christian, and I'm just your average nerd that loves technology and pop culture a bit too much. Okay. Um, since when do you do you like technology? Like, is it? Oh, I, I've loved it like ever since I was a kid. Okay. Um, like computers and things like that. But also, I remember when I first saw the the first Lord of the Rings. And I was amazed at how like Peter Jackson, like, could recreate the like the world of like Middle Earth. So, okay, I'm going to 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 explain that right now. Uh, I have never seen. I mean, okay, I've seen the first movie. Okay, I'm sorry, I know. Shame on you. Um, but so it's Tolkien, right, that wrote the books, and the guy that made it a movie. It's Peter Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, it was written um, like following Tolkien's experience mm-hmm. with the uh, with the first World War. Okay. And it was actually funny thing. It was actually well, like one book okay. that he wrote. But then when he spoke with the uh, the publisher, they were like, "Hell no! This is post-war world, man. Nobody's got money to buy like a giant tome." So they decided to split the book. In, they decided to split the book into three. Okay, so three books. And Tolkien was never happy about it. Okay, why, 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 why do you say that? Why was he, he was, happy about it? He wasn't it? happy about it because he envisioned it as one story, not like um, the the way that they just decided to chop them up. That's why even if you watch the movies, the whole sequence is like not like it's not completely fluid. Though of course they did like a little movie magic and a little um, work with the script to fix that, but it was not meant to be read that way. And as an artist. As someone who wrote the book, it was like, this is not the way I did it. Yeah, okay. E- even felt that um, the title for the second book, The Two Towers, was a spoiler. Because okay. like, okay, first you're talking about what's there and what two towers are you talking about? Because there's a bunch of them in, in the books. I mean, it's it's castles, so there's obviously towers kind of everywhere, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, but but specifically like, you had like the Tower of Saruman and Barak okay. doing a bunch of like places around the world. So the, the towers, uh, you mentioned the Tower of Saruman, that was the Tower of a Mage, right? Yeah, exactly, uh, okay. Saruman the White. Because I, I mean, I've seen, I know I've seen the first movie, because uh, it's on Netflix right now, and I think I've seen the first uh, three-hour thing, and I was like, okay, there's many references that I know understand, because I'm like, okay, Gollum and everything. Um, but what I loved with it, without knowing anything about it, is that I obviously love fantasy, so the universe speak with me you know um, and what I love is the way they describe the whole scenery you know you have like um, a, a far out um, picture basically of, of the place let's say the Tower of Saruman I don't I think it was in the movie um, then you have a more close-up shots and then you have the inside of it and when you look at that I was like 
okay, this is all fucking CGI. This was what, 2000 something, 2001 or the first movie? Oh, Do you remember? I, I don't recall, but it was definitely like 2000, 2001. Which is that time. honestly totally bonkers because I love CGI and sometimes I see it, you know, uh, but then I was watching it and I was like, okay, sure, something makes sense. But, then, but that's the thing, like most of like the effects there were like practical uh, so they had like a lot of set pieces and also uh, they did a fantastic work with using miniatures and okay. that's how they did the shots with the towers and you mean it... dwarfs right no 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 it's like actual miniatures <laughs> <laughs> actual miniatures of like the okay. towers and set pieces okay. that they were working with oh really okay yeah so they built like a mini tower wow when i talk about like miniatures it was still big yeah, but, but still not like as yeah. Imagine like, a, like a one or two meter tower. Wow! That it would then use a camera and do like mm. the shots and all the cool motion. And so they could add a few CGI around there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, like the why. background. Okay. That's why it looks so good. Damn. So the CGI was a bit more like makeup. Yeah. And, and then they had like makeup the on top props. of it, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Not, not, not like to do with like the Marvel movies nowadays. Yeah. Where everything is CGI. Yeah. And oh look, the, except I, I think the I can clothes. See, like, a little bit of the face of the actor. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the the thing with with Marvel, like I remember seeing a few. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of of, of the MCU. Honestly, uh, I'm yeah, I'm a huge fan because um, I love blockbusters and action movies and stuff like that. And I mean, superheroes. Come on, like I'm like, oh, I wish I was one, you know. Um, but I remember seeing a, a few pictures on Instagram from those. Um, uh, actors playing there and you could see that their close environments when they were fighting was real but just like the ground and a few like brushes and stuff like that and all the rest is CGI basically and honestly I think if you are really interested in CGI and maybe work there or anything you can probably spot the the CGI effects um, but I was I was just too into the movie to to honestly like think about even about it you know um, but the, it, it has come a long way, like, the CGI thing is C crazy. Yeah, C CGI, I think, like, I always prefer to see it used as, as, like, what we talked about before, like, a little bit of makeup to make things sparkle a little more and not the main focus yeah. of what is looking in, in front of me. Because then it goes into the Uncanny Valley, into mm -hmm. the Uncanny Valley, where you end up with movies that are like I remember seeing Aquaman and I'm like what am I looking at this doesn't look like water they don't look like people this, this all looks so floaty and weird but not yeah. in a like swimming kind of way yeah just it everything looks weightless and fake yeah. and, and when you look at a movie even if the story is like semi-decent which I mean happens quite often Calling the story of Aquaman semi-decent would be a bit of a stretch, but that's, that's my personal prerogative. Um, it, it just loses weight. If I don't believe in the characters, if I don't believe what I'm looking at, it just loses all meaning. Did you like uh, Jason Momoa as Aquaman, or...? I mean, he was cool. Okay. He was cool, but selling Aquaman is always a, a bit of a hard sell. And, and, and like even like the supporting cast was a bit... Meh. The, the the villain was terrible. I don't know what what was going on. That was the the blonde guy, right? The, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was not as terrible as yeah. the villain for 
for Wonder Woman, that was the worst. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, we've had us the the God of War. Yeah. Um, I actually like that movie because I'm a huge fan of Gal Gadot. Yeah. Uh, I think she's a she's a great actress, and I think she fits really really she fits in the character in my opinion. Um, I was a bit I was a bit like, come on, that's a bit far fetched, you know. Uh, yeah. The the I'm not a scenarist. I'm not. I don't know shit about uh, storylines or anything. So obviously, I can't be a good judge about that, you know. Um, but that definitely was a bit like, uh, okay. I mean, for me, like Galga did the, an amazing job. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the um, like the action sequences that she was in. Yeah. But I can never like forget my look of just shock. And I was about to laugh in the cinema. Okay. As they did like this flashback sequence with Ares and he was like lying on the ground and like looking kind of defeated or something like that. But then he had like this little stash thing going on. I'm like, am I supposed to believe that's freaking yeah. Ares, like the god of war? That took that mediocre like kind of body on that, earth, you know? That mustache was a war crime. Yeah. That's what I can tell <laughs> you. <laughs> Oh god! So would you? Um, so we've talked about a bit about comics, about uh, DC and the MCU. The, the question, first question that pops into my mind when I think about it is DC or MCU? You obviously can't say both. Oh, okay. Can <laughs> you I, have to take a stance right now. <laughs> can I say neither? Yeah, sure. Yeah, neither. I'm, I'm, like as much as I'm talking about like superhero movies mm -hmm. and things like that, I was never too much into them. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of friends that are super into them. I had a friend in, in what was it, middle school? Okay. That could recite all of the heroes by heart and their powers and their alter really? egos and things like that. He was super big Marvel fan, super, super big. So, fan of the comics or the... the, the comics. Movie? Okay, yeah. This was a time before the movies even were a thing. Oh, we're wow. talking like middle school for me, which so was... when was that? Yeah. Oh, dude. Like, I'm, I'm thinking 50 like... years ago or...? 2004. Three two thousand okay. some, yeah, some, okay. somewhere around that realm. Yeah, and oh, dude, like he was super into it. And even nowadays, I have friends that are like, oh, the the new like. I remember like the event that was Infinity Wars. Like all my friends wanted to go, and I'm like, I don't really care. Yeah, but I'm going with you guys just yeah. because I enjoy hanging out with yeah. you. It's nice. It's an excuse to have like a dinner out. Yeah, but but even then. Um, I'm not too much into it. I remember when DC tried to like copy like what Marvel was doing. It was hilariously what bad. What are you talking about? I mean, for me, it was a huge source of memes, so yeah. I loved it. Um, I do recall like the, the Dark Knight series being really cool. Oh, yes, that that was actually pretty decent. I love Christopher Christopher Nolan. Uh, I, I love most of his movies. I'm a huge fan. And also, I'm a huge fan of Hans Zimmer, the guy uh, composing the music. Oh, Hans Zimmer is so cool. And, dude, the Dark Knight tri trilogy, um, I think I've seen all the movies, like, maybe too many times now. Um, but, yeah, I totally get what you mean. For example, I tried, I tried to watch Justice League. <sighs> Talking about CGI. Yeah. You know, I was like, wait, guys, what, what happened here? What happened? Then there's, okay, extenuating circumstances, let's say it that way, because they had issues. Um, I think there's like a producer that had his 
children, kind of sick or dying. I don't remember uh, exactly. I'm probably going. Um, it's probably bullshit what I'm saying, but so I understand why. But then why would they release it? You know, like come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so we. How how did you came into knowing Hans Zimmer, uh, and his work? Oh, like Hans Zimmer is just like one of those people. Like he's got like a holy touch. Whatever, like he dips his finger, it becomes magic. I one of the earliest pieces that I recall from him uh, is from the Gladiator soundtrack. Mm, of course, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. As soon as I say that, like, I imagine like everyone just like starts saying like the, mm -hmm. uh, the the melody, and that's that's definitely like the first piece that I recall. Um, I mean. I'm sure there are like a bazillion other movies that I've seen, but now my yeah. mind is going blank about them, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the names. But at least that one I, I recall perfectly. Yeah. And did you did you watch other movies from Christopher Nolan, or was the Dark Knight trilogy the only ones? Uh, I watched the um, that one, but now I'm not recalling if I've seen any other movies with him. Mm -hmm. Especially because I'm terrible with names and faces. Okay. So... It, it's the like oh how many movies with like Nicole Kidman or have you watched or like whatever yeah other uh, actor yeah uh, I see what you mean and we don't see Christopher Nolan because he's the producer uh, of the movie or the scenarist or some stuff like that I'm also terrible with uh, tags uh, put on people uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you know Hans Zimmer was I think he's coming to Lisbon uh, or he went or he came already uh, a few months ago uh, for his live show basically where he takes all of his massive pieces. Uh, that he played, so you've got some from the Lion King, uh, the first the, the first um, animation animated movie. You've got some from Interstellar, uh, of course, The Dark Knight, uh, of course. Uh, Interstellar was cool. Yeah, you liked it. Interstellar was amazing. Mm -hmm. That's how you do CGI. Yeah. Even though there were um, there were like some weird scenes with uh, what was it, George Clooney, uh, that was there. Matt Damon. I thought. No, I'm pretty sure. George Clooney was in Gravity. Wait, they're two different movies. <laughs> yes, I oh, think snap. so. Uh, oh, wait, snap! I was about to start like dissing in a movie, but whatever the one with George Clooney is in, I mm. remember like. I mean, wait, was it George Clooney in Gravity though? Fuck! I um, what what what's the storyline? Do you remember of that movie you're thinking about? I mean, it was something about like there's like this station. Mm-hmm. Like in all of them, yeah. Like it's the one with the um, what the what was it? Do they go into a black hole? It, it, no, no. Okay. It, it, no, it, it's gravity. Shit. It is definitely gravity because it, yeah, gravity is the one where they get stranded in space and they have to figure a way out back to Earth. And there's only because some Inter because Interstellar goes into like this strip out and then they have yeah. there has like this weird sequence at the end that I don't want to talk about for people that haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can If you watch the movie, the you know what I'm it. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's, that's but Nolan, I, you know, with Interstellar and that last ending, that, that thing yeah. where people are like, like yeah. Inception, is it a dream or yeah, exactly. is it, you know? Right. But, but that was okay. definitely talking about gravity. Gravity, okay, let's, gravity. let's talk about gravity then. Gravity has the weirdest CGI with like the wiggles. Like, the wiggles. What do yeah, you mean? like the the characters just like start like whenever there is like a bump. Okay. The characters feel like a bit weird, like okay, this weird kind of floaty. Okay. But besides that, like mm -hmm. the the planets and, and everything, so, so it's like 
Gravity is bad CGI, but Interstellar, fucking amazing. Yeah. Interstellar CGI was fucking amazing. Yeah. I loved that they spoke with scientists to get like the, the, the black hole to look like just... Yeah, but you know, after all, I mean, they just took what the NASA did for the moon landing, yeah. you know, because it was all CGI as well and all <laughs> planted. So they just uh, had to take the footage. No, I'm kidding, of course, but um, I'm a huge fan of Interstellar. I love the movie as well. Um, I'm a huge fan of Inception as well. Uh, it took me, I think, two watches to understand what the fuck was going on, um, you know, because the only thing I remember about Inception is the first time I, sh I saw it was with my parents. Um, my mom fell asleep halfway through the movie, as with every movie usually, uh, and I just remember having the most vivid dream that night. That's it. Uh, I don't remember what it was about, but I remember that when I woke up the next day, I was like, dang, that was a good dream, you know? Because uh, I don't usually remember my dreams the next morning. So I was like, wow, okay, that's nice. Did you, did you watch uh, Inception? I did. It was fucking amazing. Yeah. I like I, I love movies and shows that plan expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, like makes me recall stuff like uh, Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Uh, is it? I think I've never seen that movie. You should twice. Um, so is it Sixth Sense? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in mind. Okay, I will. It's it's about um, without spoiling. Yeah. Like. Please don't. It's it's about um, uh, like a was it a psychiatrist that wants to talk with a kid okay. that says he can see dead people. Okay, so hence the sixth sense. Yeah. Okay, so okay, okay, interesting. Is the guy full of bullshit or not? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the question. Like, yeah. Could it be the guy? Could it be the kid? Yeah. Who knows? Could be both. <laughs> could be both. Could yeah, be both. Definitely. But but it's a really good one. If. If you like stuff that also plays on expectations mm -hmm. and you're into like anime, I also heavily recommend for who hasn't seen it yet, Evangelion. Evangelion? Yeah. So heaven and... Uh, no, more like evangelist. Evangelist, okay. Yeah, more Evan, like Evangelion. Okay. okay, okay. And what is it about? It's... it. To completely get it, you have to like understand the... the frame of, of like time and culture when it was made okay this was following uh like the big wave of like shonen anime and stuff like that you had like dragon ball shonen anime shonen anime okay. it's uh like a japanese term for like young men okay and so it's stuff like dragon ball uh saint Seiya, like the um the zodiac knights and stuff okay. like that about like these kids being really powerful saving the world and stuff like that and so the anime was a big criticism of that it's like, okay, what would actually happen if you took kids, shoved them into a robot, fight like deadly aliens that are here to destroy the planet, and just go, yeah, give it a go. And it explores like the trauma and all the emotional crap and weight that it puts on the people. Okay. And also like everything surrounding it, it's, it's freaking amazing. And then you also have um, Magica Madoka. Can you say that again? Maggie. Magica, wait, Magi, Madoka Magica, yes. Madi, Magic, okay. Yeah, which is, it follows a similar vein, mm -hmm. but it's about like the, uh, it's a criticism of the uh, magical girl um, concept and genre. Okay. And it's like, okay, what if this alien creature just showed up and granted a girl her wish of being a magical girl? 
and to fight deadly beings. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's fucking amazing. Though the style, it, it, it tricks people. When it came out, it really tricks people because it looks like every other like Sailor Moon uh, and shows like that. Card Captor Sakura, it looks like that. But then, shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. Real soon, real fast. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Yeah, and it's really cool to how they explore the characters, the trauma, and how like the story instead of just evolving, like it completely crumbles, and, and the characters like it's really cool. Are you a fan of anime? Uh, I think <laughs> I know. Thing, yeah. um, how like how did you go into this? Like, what what was your first uh, experience with it, and why did you came to like it so much? I think like I got introduced to it when um, they would air shows in like a national TV channel mm -hmm. that we have, Canal Panda, they would, um, they would actually air some anime there. Uh, Doraemon, Cardcaptor Sakura, I think it also had Sailor Moon. And I think that was like my, my first dip into it. Okay. At some point, I started to like look a bit more into it. We're talking like, once again, middle school and stuff like that. Uh, I think my first like real anime quotation marks here uh, was when I watched Death Note. Okay. Um, and I mean, I just I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the story, the the characters, and also it felt like such a different tone shift from what I had seen before. I was like, whoa, this is not like some some baby story here. Yeah. This is not like your like episodic nature thing. In contrast with contrast with uh, Doraemon. Oh, it's just like this really right, light-hearted problem that needs to be solved. It was a continuous story, which okay. felt really heavy, you know, with consequences. So it's not like your average, let's say, TV show where you have, uh, I don't know, one, let's say, problem uh, in each episode that needs to be resolved, right? It's more like a story growing and growing in each episode, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a linear story mm -hmm. um, with real consequences, which is also like... Sometimes in these shows you can see like a little bit of growth yeah. each episode, yeah. which sometimes it just kind of feels like it resets sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but but in this show, like with Death Note, it, it just felt like you're we're actually building towards something, and and, and that was like and even the topic of itself, like the a book where you could just like write and kill someone like that. It, so it that's the story of Death Note, right? Yeah, it, it's um, about like this genius student that one day finds a notebook that was dropped by a god of death. Wow. And if you write like someone's name shortly after, uh, they, they die. So he, had, he has to be really careful where he drops his notebook, that god of death. I mean, he's really clumsy, you know? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Except they did it on purpose. Okay. Uh, because he was bored of it. Like, he was bored and it was like, I need some fun. <laughs> um, and so, like, of course, he's advised that upon like using it, um, like there would be consequences. But it's just like, well, this is like too freaking interesting to pass. And and even like despite the like the lighthearted intro, mm -hmm. it's it's a really heavy story. Okay. And once again, all of these animes like they explore the human psyche in such interesting ways. They put like these really like what you would call initially normal people into situations they just like play around with like how it breaks a person apart and it's so cool
to, to see it unfold. I also never saw Death Note. I'm, I'm as I told you the other day. I'm not uh, huge into anime. Um, I don't really know why. Uh, I used to like One Piece and uh, Bleach. I mean, the, the, the most basic ones that, as you, I saw on oh, National French TV. I, I grew up with um, that too. <laughs> and yeah, and so like, I liked it when I was probably like 16 or something. Um, and then I started watching um, different. Like, like, yeah, more like TV shows as filmed, you know, not uh, animes. Um, and but in France, we have this wonderful guy called Willem, uh, which did kind of a, um, a parody, not a parody, but an adaptation of Death Note to him. Basically, he's a really great uh, uh, scriptwriter, um, and he does Facebook videos basically, and it is fucking amazing. Um, where again, like he the the. the Death uh, God uh, drops his notebook, and he's the only one that is able to see him. Right, uh, he's there always with him, but he's the only one seeing him. Right, exactly. Um, and he does those crazy things where basically, well, he's he puts himself in bad situations, and he uses his notebook to um, uh, how can I put it? Um, get advantage, you know. But again, there's with this guy, there's always a plot twist. There's always a thing where you're like, oh motherfucker. <laughs> Where does that came from, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's what I love. That's, you know, because when you have a lot of foreshadowing, uh, you can understand, like, okay, that's going to happen, you know? Uh, but this guy either is really great at foreshadowing that I don't see it, or he doesn't do it at all, you know? Um, and every time he does video, I'm like, whoa, okay, that, that was totally unexpected. Um, so that's my only um, take with uh, Death Note, basically. Um, so yeah, I guess I should probably see that as well. There's many animes I need to see. <laughs> right. Uh, there's like a lot of what I would like call like gateway animes nowadays. Gateway? Yeah, like entryway, like oh, okay. animes that um, are a great starting point. I mean, Death Note was um, like, for me, it was mine. Nowadays, uh, a lot of people would recommend like Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Yeah, I've yes. been recommended to watch this one for like three years now or something. Though, <laughs> so though I understand, <laughs> like, it, it's super cool. Yeah. I also recommend it for like someone that likes uh, action shows mm -hmm. because that's what that's what you're gonna get. But there's also, if you're into like more psychological stuff, mm -hmm. um, or just something a little different, okay. a little more niche, Death Parade is a great one. Yeah. It's a little slower. And it also feels a bit more like, it's definitely more episodic, but it explores the concept of death, redemption, what happens in the afterlife, and it's, it's a really great exploration. Do you believe in afterlife? What's your take on this? My take? Well, that's, that's a yeah, big that's, question. That's a deep question. We that, went, that, that's uh, a deep question. <laughs> My belief right now is to live life like I have no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, if there is something after, I'm not putting my I'm not putting my eggs in that basket. That 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 would be my answer. Okay. I I have no clue yeah. what what's out there. I know that I don't understand it. Okay. Definitely so. Okay. This um the afterlife uh, thing is is interesting. Uh, I remember a few people being total assholes, uh, in their normal life and saying I don't care. I'm gonna get another one afterwards. I was like, oh, interesting. Okay. 
right? No, like <laughs> I, I, I'm in the philosophy of like you got one life, you better mm -hmm. like enjoy it. The YOLO it, philosophy. Yeah, you only live once. Yeah, that's my, that's my philosophy. But but I don't see it as an excuse to be yeah. stupid. I see it as a reminder to be kind to myself and to mm -hmm. others. Because they also only have one life, so let's make it better for everyone. Yeah. There's no need to be selfish or stupid with what you do. Does do you do you feel familiar with the Stoicism uh, school of philosophy? Uh, which one? The Stoicism, the Stoics. Mm, Marcus no. Aurelius. I, mean, I heard the name, but I don't. I don't recall. I think it's it could be really interesting and totally go your way because basically, I mean, what I get from that and I'm not uh, definitely not an expert on on stoicism but the thing is okay there's so many things you don't control in your life um, let's focus on the things you can control you know yeah, exactly. meaning I don't know your work for example or the way you behave with other people um, and that's that's really strong for me and there's this saying also in in I think it's Latin or Greek I'm not sure uh, I think it goes like memento mori which is, uh, okay, I suck with the translation as well, but something like, remember your death. Not as in a gruesome way, meaning, are we all gonna die, you know? But yeah, we are all going to die at some point. Uh, yeah. I mean, Peter Thiel hasn't found the, 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 the remedy to uh, uh, the full life, so now we all have to die. And I love it because it's like, okay, you're, you're going to die. Maybe it's tomorrow, maybe it's an hour, maybe it's in 10 seconds. But the good thing is, you can act to make yourself better, you know, in what you can control. So that's why I love stoicism. Uh, I try to apply that more to my life. Um, but I think it could definitely go with that, uh, that spirit of you only have one life. So, yeah, you know. I mean, it's all about like being practical. I, I tell myself and others when, when it happens, um, like you don't get to choose what cards you get in life, but you always have the power to decide what you would do with them. And sometimes you even forget you got a couple ices up your sleeve. Yeah. And I, I believe um, that, I, you know, you don't win a game with what you have in your hand. You win a game with how you play with what you have in your hand. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, I mean, we used to play card games in France. I've, I've played poker a few times, but I suck like, horribly. Um, I don't get the, the thing, I'm like, ugh, whatever. Um, but we played other kind of games and I would, sometimes I would have the best hand I could ever have, you know? Like, the best cards to cut the game and to win. And I would fucking lose, because my friends were way better than I was, even though they had shitty cards, you know? Um, and when I think about it, I'm like, wait, that's like kind of a metaphor for your life. Uh, you, right. didn't have, you didn't get the best cards. I uh, was not born into like a wealthy family or uh, with the right family name, you know, uh, opening you all the doors. Um, but that's, I think, irrelevant in a way, you know. Um, so yeah, did you did you get good cards when you when you arrive in this life, or <laughs> did you have to play with? Uh... I mean, I got I got an interesting deck. <coughs> okay. A lot of Joker cards. Let's put it <laughs> like that. Uh, but no, I do I do feel blessed. Yeah, I am. I think that my, despite like what I would call certain shortcomings mm -hmm. with my situation, I I still find that I had a good life. Okay, I never had any like needs and wants that some other people go through, and I'm very thankful for that. 
What do you mean as uh, shortcomings? Uh, I mean, I always felt like a little um, distant from people and sometimes even from my family. And that, that was always something complicated to deal with. They, they did their best. That, that, that's also like a sentence that I came across recently. Because to some extent, I always felt this in from my parents for how I grew up. And I felt a certain amount of anger towards that. But recently, I was, I was talking with, uh, with my housemate. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hey, I was watching a documentary about a similar topic. And they said something really powerful, like, they did their best. And yeah, that's, that's such a simple concept. Yeah. They did. They did what they could. Exactly. And so, despite those like shortcomings, uh, like the friction between my parents, I understand that they did what they could. That's like the thing that is really hard to grasp as well, I believe. Uh, I'm not saying all parents do their best because I obviously don't know all parents and there's been a lot of parents, you know, <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, I think most of the parents I know and my parents uh, are the same. I have great parents. Uh, I realized that when I talked with parents of my friends, I was like, oh, my parents are really cool, you know. Um, so I'm really I'm really blessed with uh, with my family, honestly. Um, but I know like some of my friends were not that blessed and their parents actually did their best, even though they were complete assholes, you know. Um, and that's something we have to, to, to think about, I, I believe. Uh, building resentment toward people, uh, especially your parents, don't think is like best way to go into it. Again, I'm saying this from a really privileged place, so uh, it's, diff it's easy for me to say that. Um, but I believe that, yeah, they do their best because that's what they're here for, you know. Fortunately, my dad had to work away from home. Mm -hmm. And my mom was not the, the most knowledgeable in how to deal with a conflict between brothers. Yeah, okay. Um, and even um, with other stuff, as much as she tried to like maybe be there, she just didn't know how. Yeah. I was also maybe not the easiest child to deal with in terms of like because when i was faced with how she was dealing with the situation i would just like close myself off and and that would be the end of it did you avoid it like confrontation or how did it go like no at first i actually was very upfront about it i would tell my mom hey this is like i have a situation with with my brother mm -hmm. and it's really pissing me off but then it would quickly turn into me being the issue because I was presenting an issue. The issue, yeah. And that didn't sit well with me. Okay. I'm also someone that I didn't deal with that type of like reje rejection and mm -hmm. denial very well. So it, as I grew up, it just turned into like, okay, I'm not counting on you or anybody for that fact for help with anything. I'll just do it myself. Which is also like something I've, I've, I've understood uh, quite recently is that, as we said with cards, you know, it's everything that happened to me has made me who I am now. Bye -bye. Ciao, Marta. Bye -bye. 
um, all the hardship we face in life uh, are the things that make us who we are, you know. Um, and the fact that you had to handle yourself and not count on anyone is both uh, sad and also powerful, I think, because that way you grew to be like an independent guy, you know, uh, and not staying at your mom's place or your dad's place or their place, uh, being 35, I don't know, and playing fucking video games, you know. Uh, instead, you play video games, but in your fucking apartment, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm really happy to be in my own place. I'd like to talk about uh, a bit about food, because uh, I've seen uh, your Instagram, uh, as we talked the other day. Uh, you haven't updated it in a few years, I think. Um, I'm not big into social media. <laughs> yeah, okay. No worries. Uh, we... No, you know, no one is perfect, so... <laughs> right? That, that, um, that's why I don't, so I don't make people feel self-conscious. Yeah, and also you don't make people, like, hate yourself for your beautiful life on Instagram. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, regarding food, like, why do you cook your meals? Well, Some a bunch of, of reasons. <laughs> a bunch of reasons. Okay. Let's start with... It's way cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that aside, I, I really love like the process of cooking. I get to tailor it exactly to my taste, the right amount of spice, the ingredients that I like. And it's also recently I've become more aware of the junk that we eat. <laughs> when I buy a package and I try to read the ingredients and I yeah. don't get half of the stuff that's there. Yeah, you need a degree in bullshitting to understand what, what the fuck is going on with those right? things, you know? And I'm like, okay, let's start with the basics. So nowadays, uh, I really like to just make it myself. I, it, it's even kind of funny, like, to go to different stores and see, like, the same product, mm -hmm. but find, like, the one that you like the best yeah. from each store. Of course, like always in your circuit so that you don't have to like stray too far. I'm not that into, yeah, um, cooking. into cooking, but, but it's really fun. And, and there's also like when you cook for someone else, especially like someone you love, you can always put like that extra heart and make yeah. it how they like it. Yeah. And it, it's really wonderful. How did you how did you start cooking? Like, did your parents cook at home? Like, how, how does it work? Uh, well, I started a tiny little bit at home. Just because, like with my parents, just because I wanted to make it for myself when they were away. So I wanted to make like spaghetti bolognese mm -hmm. because that was my favorite dish. Okay. My, my dad was always a great cook. So whenever he was home, it was amazing. Um, eventually I moved out and since I was at uni, when I moved out, I had a uni student budget. <laughs> and so that means cooking beans at home with rice. So where did you, for a bit of context, where did you go to uni? So I went, I went for um, study video games mm -hmm. at Universidad Lusofna. Where? Universidad Lusofna in uh, okay. Camp Grand. Okay, so in Lisbon, right? Yeah, that started around 2010, I would say. Okay. I think that's when I went there. And so, but when I started living alone was in my second year, I think. Okay. It was in my second year. No, actually, third year. Yeah, yeah. It was the third year. From 2011 to 2012. And that that was my best year. 
like because before that I would catch my like a bus mm-hmm. like all the way from freaking Gooniland okay. to um to my uni okay and like it would take forever I'm talking like at least one hour and a half each way wow yeah so like three hours a day potentially yeah. four which quickly turns into a full day that I spent per week just on the bus yeah that is a lot yeah, and at hey. some point I was just like I, I'm not dealing with this so I got myself a place there thankfully um, thankfully my parents could support me with that like I said they try their best I, despite like what I said before mm-hmm. they, they did try their best and yeah it was it was a necessity to just cook Though at the time I did eat meat, but you don't you, you don't eat meat anymore. No, nowadays I'm pescatarian, but I'm okay. trying to transition into vegetarian and then okay. and then vegan. So pescatarian uh, for the people that don't know, if uh, tell me if I'm if I'm mistaken here, but it's uh, you don't eat meat, but you eat fish, right? Yeah. Okay. So you you eat fish and. Of course, all of other um, animal derivatives. Eggs and dairies and dairy yeah. products. Okay. Though, part of like, right now I'm eating fish, though I've managed to cut a lot of the dairy. So, right now I'm trying to avoid cheese, trying yeah. to avoid uh, <gasps> Trying to avoid cheese? Really? I know, I'm Be a careful. huge fan of Hockford. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Huge, a huge fan of Hockford cheese. Yeah, that's why I of the love best. it. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend hates it of with course. a passion. Of course. Uh, People have no taste, you know. <laughs> exactly. Why would she date me? Fuck. Um, <laughs> but, but, but she hates Hogfart, she hates Danish cheese, blue cheese. And I'm like, oh no, that's my, my heart. That's more for you, you know. Right? More for me. But, but even when I wanted to buy it, she would like say no because it would stink the fridge. Yeah, true. But I don't smell it anymore. You know that's what happens when you're French. Uh, <laughs> you're like, what? It smells bad, really? Isn't that my feet? Oh, it's the cheese. Okay. <laughs> the cheese. Yeah, yeah. Didn't forget that for three months in the fridge. Nope. <laughs> no, but yeah. And at the same time, you're Portuguese. So how the fuck can't you eat fish? You know what I'm saying? Like that makes exactly. total sense. Be- being like Portuguese and half Norwegian, yeah. all the codfish. Yeah, jokes, I mean, come on. It's yeah, insane. Course, the codfish jokes are insane. <laughs> And what made you transition from, uh, let's say, uh, an omnivorous diet to pescarian? I once um, took a job doing freelance design work. Okay. Well, when I say job, it was more like, uh, it was almost charity. Okay. Because it was for a non-profit event mm-hmm. for uh, veganism. Okay. And my, my best friend was doing the um, was helping with the organization and mm-hmm. everything else and when um when i was done with the work he was like hey why don't you just like attend um and i was like yeah sure i stayed there for the first day and i saw it all they had like this beautiful quotation marks video um about uh how factories work mm-hmm. and the- the meat industry and processing. Yeah, the meat packing industry, yeah. I was scarred for life. Since then, I never managed to eat meat again. And I realized that there's like a certain amount of, um, what's the word? Uh, How do you say it in Portuguese? 
Not even in Portuguese I can okay. remember. In Norwegian maybe? <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> um, there's a lot of bullshittery. Let's okay. put it like that. Yeah. From my part, because it's like I'm ignoring like also the fish industry, which is definitely not okay. Yeah. I mean, but sushi is like yeah. makes it really hard. No, sushi makes it hard. What I find difficult is that uh, I am aware of the meatpacking industry and uh, the, the the fish industry, and um, like I understand why many people now stopped eating meat. In my opinion, it would not be for the animal um, uh, suffering. I'm not going to lie. I love meat way too much for that. And uh, we're humans, you know, what we do best is unfortunately kill things. Uh, we've always done that. I know it sounds fucking cynical, but that's the truth. So I watched a documentary called Cows Cowspiracy uh, when I was, I don't know, too young to see that. Um, and I was like, oh shit. I, I wonder if that's the one that I saw. Might have been. Um, it's, it's on Netflix as well, I believe now. Uh, I don't know if you watch Netflix, but... Uh, it's basically there, and um, yeah, I'm aware of that. You know, we are the the generation that is aware of many things. Uh, now the the thing is, we should execute on that. Um, and for like, for example, uh, did not really wanted to go vegan, uh, but I tried to convince my convince my parents, and they were like, "Fuck you!" You know, like, don't say that. You know, because my parents are really meat eaters. And so what they what they've tried though is buy local local food. You know. Um, yeah, that, that's a really good from start. From markets and, uh, for example, they've been going to a farm for a few years now to buy meat. Um, and it's great because it's not, again, an industry. You know, the guy kills his beasts. I mean, make his beasts get killed by a, um, a slaughterhouse that comes to his place. So you have really good meat, a low carbon because it didn't went all the way to Hungary to come back to France uh, to be packed or stuff like that. Um, but I understand the, the, the huge cost uh, that, it, that it takes, you know. Um, and so, honestly, congratulations for that, because I'm still not ready for it. Uh, especially when I arrived here and I saw the prices of meat and fish. I was like, there's no fucking way I'm just going to stop eating that, you know. Because um, it's, yeah. Uh, I guess, like, for a lot of people, the problem with the transition is just that they, they don't know better. Mm -hmm. They don't know different. Yeah. Um, a meal is it's your side and mm -hmm. it's meat. Yeah. It's it, it's it's that. But when you're when you start exploring, and this is one of the greatest parts, I feel about starting like this journey, is you get to discover a whole world of food. Yeah. That you didn't even know existed. Exactly. All different kinds of um, recipes from different uh, cuisines. Yeah. Because when you start these things, it makes you question, it makes you want to learn more. And then it, it, it just spreads from there. And it's like that with everything. Yeah. Um, I remember when I um, started like my uh, journey into like vegetarianism mm -hmm. and pescatarianism, like I was like, wait, so this has protein? That has that? What the hell? It's a vegetable. Why the fuck would it have protein, right? Because right. protein is only in meat. Exactly. That's something I learned as well. Wait, there's not only meat proteins? What the fuck are we talking about? Like, so you know? so that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And also, it's um, a really cool way to learn about like alternatives. Yeah. And also like the shady shit that lobbies that the meat industry has in place make, where they try to like 
uh, I remember some years ago where when I say years it's like past year they tried to pass like this bill where uh, hamburgers could not be called hamburgers if they were did not have meat in them okay so so, so um, vegan alternatives mm-hmm. had to be called like what um, vegetable discs <laughs> please Vegetable discs. It's a fucking hamburger. You cook it like a hamburger. It looks like one. Yeah. Just fucking call it. One thing that shocked me as well is uh, the new meat, you know, uh, made out of uh, vegetables yeah, that looks like meat, one. that smells like meat, and that tastes like meat. Yeah. I was shocked. You know, it's like shit. If it smells like shit, it tastes like shit, and it looks like shit, well, it's shit, you know? Right. So if it looks like meat, it smells like meat, and it tastes like meat. I mean, it is one meat, of. You know? I mean, at least. It, it, it does a job and it doesn't, um, how do you say it? It doesn't involve like killing animals. Yeah. And I'm kind of sure that it has like way less chemicals. But I mean, even if it does, even if it does, because I remember like there's a, the defense of like, um, not a defense, but like an accusation from like the meat industry saying, oh, if you eat like uh, three. Uh, of those hamburgers, you would grow like uh, tits, like a guy would grow tits because it's like the amount of estrogen that is inside those burgers and like, dude, if you go to a Burger King and you eat three burgers a day, you're gonna go, t- you're gonna go some yeah, that's fat tits. exactly what I'm go- I was <laughs> going to say. I don't fucking eat those hamburgers. I mean, I've got tits of my own, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They've got lives of their own as well. Um, but uh, regarding killing animals, I- I'd like to, to talk about that. Uh, just to, to, to end uh, for you on a, on a questioning for, for further um, uh, investigation around veganism, um, be careful what you buy as vegan, okay? Because again, there's like a huge industry behind it now because it's totally trending. So industrial, they know like, oh, vegan, it sells, okay? Um, I saw, I'm a huge fan of permaculture, uh, which is a kind of old way, but aged new, let's say, to... to, to to farm uh, plants and uh, using animals and plants together, you know, as an ecosystem. Um, and this guy was basically explaining that for a field that will um, nourish only vegan products, you know, would be used to make only vegan products, they used so many chemicals that they killed the uh, the fauna inside the ground. And yeah. uh, we don't. That's the thing also with veganism that I'm a bit pissed about. Uh, not veganism per se, but activist for animal rights. Uh, we always use the, the, the really beautiful puppy and the beautiful cats and the cows and everything. What about the fucking worms in the ground that makes the ground fertile, you know? Um, we kill billions of them in fields, of just with chemicals. Um, so my friends that are vegans and that have never planted uh, a vegetable or don't know how where it get, got into their food you know uh, that buy meal prepped in supermarkets that say vegan i'm a bit ashamed i'm like dude you know if okay. you if you tell me I'm, you're vegan because you don't like animals being killed i'm like there's a few billion animals killed for that meal you know <laughs> yeah of course um there's like always another side to the story exactly like even even um uh, if you don't buy meat or like animal derived mm-hmm. products. If you buy things that are like super packaged in plastic, yeah. Or if you buy 
creams or cosmetics from brands like Nivea, mm -hmm. L'Oreal, that's a lot their products in China. In China, by law, any product like that needs to be tested on animals. Wow, okay. Didn't know about that. So if someone really wishes to make a transition into like like complete level over 9,000 vegan, yeah. you got to check yeah. your creams. You got to check do everything line. yourself. Yeah. yeah, but that's also a great invitation to learn more about what actually you're buying and the practices of people that are selling you those things. Yeah. That's why, like, even recently I was looking into, like, buying some uh, some creams for myself mm -hmm. and just checking the brands that, that I had available. I'm like, shit, dude, I'm just going to make this for myself. Did you try Lush? I know the store. Yeah. And I know that they have, like, a lot of cool, like, brands that are um, animal-friendly. They don't, they don't test on animals. And also... Uh, let's say you go there, you buy a cream for your face, whatever, your body, wh whatever you want. Um, it's not tested on animals and also it's a reusable uh, plastic thing. Yeah. So basically you take that, it's a consigned uh, item. Every time it's empty, you go there and they fill it up. Of well, course you have cool. to pay, but you of pay less because, price. you know, come on, it's a business. But it's really interesting and dude, their products from soap, to uh, bath bombs, they have awesome creams for the feet. Uh, they had a cream, I loved it, it was really great. Um, it's really good products. And again, I don't know where it was made, but it's not tested on animals. That's, their, that's what they use as a PR uh, kind of stunt, you know. It's really good products. Um, anyway, we have to stop right now. Uh, thanks a lot for coming. Uh, My pleasure. We didn't have enough time, we'll have to schedule uh, another one because I wanted to talk about so many other things and we had no time for that. But yeah, man, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. And um, guys, uh, if you're still listening, thank you. Uh, don't forget to, put, uh, to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you want. Um, if possible, all of the platforms, please. And also, uh, please leave a note on Apple Podcasts, a five star. That would definitely help me. Thanks a lot, Christian. And yeah, thanks for having me. Right. Ciao guys.